Hello, and welcome to A Murderous Affair. My name is Gabrielle, and this is the podcast where we talk about women in history known for mayhem and murder. Today, we are talking about a woman in charge of a movement, but not the good kind. No, this woman was declared responsible for a series of poisonings that rocked a tiny village in Nagyarev, Hungary. This series of poisonings was so prominent that multiple women involved were known as the angel makers of Nagyarev. And even though there were many, many, many different women guilty of poisoning their husbands, children, parents, or basically anybody even remotely annoying, one woman's name stands out as the overall instigator. Her name is Zuzana or Suzanne Fazekas. There's also a couple sources that I saw that listed her name as Julia. Um, I'm not sure where that one came from, so from now on, I'm just going to refer to her as Vazekas. Our resources for this episode include Murderpedia, a Medium.com article, Sci-Fi.com, and the Wikipedia article for The Angel Makers. Let's go ahead and get started. Like many women, when we deep dive back into history, not much is known about Fazeka's early life. It seems like she appeared out of the wilderness to terrorize this tiny town in early 1911. Fazeka's was middle-aged and very vague about her life. She was apparently married, but had a husband who'd disappeared under mysterious circumstances. Despite this vaguely menacing backstory, she also came with several strong references from doctors and other nurses that she'd worked with. Now, Nagyarev was a really small farming town. There was no hospital or resident doctor, and so when Fazekas came with such strong references, the people of the town immediately welcomed her expertise to help with those who were sick in such a remote area. Soon, women especially began to come to her for health issues and then domestic issues. Within the first three years that Fazekas was there, she became known for her quick and discreet abortion methods. Now, a quick history lesson about the women in Hungary during this time period. Most often, they were forced at a young age into arranged marriages, and we kind of can guess how the story goes. There were a lot of unhappy marriages, and that's without taking into consideration the poverty and hardship that World War I caused. During World War I, Nagyarev became a holding camp for Allied prisoners. These prisoners were drafted to do farm work, and with all the able men from the town of Nagyarev drafted to fight for Hungary, there were many women who took advantage of having this new crop of men there. Some women would have up to three or four lovers at a time. And this is where Fazeka's so-called expertise came in. She was arrested 10 times between 1911 and 1921 for performing illegal abortions but she was always released and acquitted by sympathetic judges. Now, it's theorized that this is partly because she was really the only medical professional in or near the village. When the men returned, they found a village that was much different from the one that they'd left. Soon, both husbands and wives began to resent each other. The wives missed their newfound freedom and the happiness they'd found while on their own, and the men missed the lives that they left behind. Many women turned to Fizekas for advice. Why put up with them? She would ask the women. I have a solution. Poison. Poison was her solution. Now, the first death in the area was actually the husband of a woman named Miss Tazekas. And this wasn't something that 
Fezekas actually caused. It turns out that she'd poisoned him on her own, and it looked like he died of a heart attack, which is what it was officially reported as during the autopsy report. Rumors began spreading around the time that Fezekas said that she had her so-called solution, and women began coming to Fezekas for poisons that would end their unhappy marriages, seemingly inspired by this Tezekas woman. Now, Fezekas began to sell the poisons, and is quoted as saying about one of her customers, I was so sorry for the wretched woman, I gave her a bottle of poison and told her that if nothing else helped her marriage, to try that. In a very Robin Hood move, she would adjust the prices from person to person, taking whatever the buyers could afford to pay. She never gave away her recipe, but assured her buyers that the poison, which was arsenic, was actually untraceable. This was something that would ultimately be her undoing. At one point, it was estimated that there was close to 50 women poisoning their husbands. Men who were healthy suddenly began dropping dead, all of whom had similar symptoms. Whispers of witchcraft and evil spirits began to take over the town and neighboring areas. The women responsible for the poisonings were known, began known as the angel makers of Nagirev. Seemingly, what started as one woman giving out poisons turned into this mafia-style operation with many unspoken rules. For example, only married women can join, no women trying to poison their lovers, no husbands trying to get rid of their wives, and it was forbidden to poison women or children. But as more wives sought out their service, the number of deaths grew, the marriages in the vicinity of Nagarev plummeted, and by 1929, it was known as the murder district. Now this attention, while bringing in a ton of money for Fezekas, also brought in a lot more scrutiny. To help her hide the true causes of death, she brought in a woman named Susie Ola. It's said in some sources that this is her cousin, but then other sources just call her an acquaintance. Ola had poisoned her first husband when she was 18 years old, and Ola's son-in-law was the county coroner, so he was able to write off the deaths as heart attacks, drownings, disease, or alcoholism. And since the only true medical doctor was the one providing the poison, there really wasn't anyone there to prove otherwise. Soon, even with these machinations in place, it wasn't long until things spun out of control. The so-called original credo of the angel makers soon became forgotten as more and more people poisoned those previously off-limits. Now, police were suspicious, but ultimately no real investigation began until almost a decade after the murder started. It's unclear how the so-called angel makers were eventually detected. Now, one account claims that a medical student in a neighboring town found high arsenic levels in a body that washed up on the riverbank, and that is what led to the investigation beginning. There is a Hungarian-American historian, Bella Bodo, who said that the murders were made public when an anonymous letter to local newspapers accused the women of mass murder. There's also a theory that a Hungarian census committee, of all people, was the one to spur this investigation into action. Now, as the decade came to an end, population statistics for the cities in Hungary were gathered, and supposedly it was noticed that for a teeny tiny farming village, the death toll had skyrocketed these past 10 years, compared to the last census taken by the Hungarian Population Borough. Whatever the case, whatever the official storyline was, authorities finally were able to... A woman named Miss Sabo. Enough people mentioned Fezekas and Ola's name so that both were brought in for questioning, but they maintained their story of innocence. They were released, but discreetly put under surveillance. Apparently, Fezekas was really shaken by this, and she began to visit her former customers one by one, warning them about about the investigation and telling them to keep quiet. A woman who had used Fizika's services went to a doctor out of town 
and asked about the theory that arsenic wouldn't show up after death. She found that it can be traced even after decomposition, and traces can be found in fingernails and hair follicles. There were many people that the woman had killed who were buried in the city cemetery. All it would take to prove these deaths were definitely more sinister in nature was for the bodies to be exhumed. A plan was put into place to try and destroy the evidence. In the middle of the night, 13 of the women involved snuck into the cemetery. Their plan was to shuffle the tombstones around, replacing the ones who'd been poisoned with those who'd had natural deaths. And while honestly, for the time period where basically the tombstones are all you have to go off of for who's buried where, that's a pretty ingenious plan. But the police who'd been following those suspected showed up in the middle of the night and the women scattered. For fear of tampering, the bodies were immediately exhumed and traces of arsenic were found. Out of the 50 bodies present, 46 were found to have arsenic poisoning. With the bodies, used bottles of arsenic, baked goods with the poison baked into them, and other materials that had arsenic traces were found. This was apparently Fezeka's way of getting rid of the evidence. When all the evidence was gathered, around a hundred women were arrested. One of the women who wasn't arrested was Fezeka's herself. At the time, she lived in a one-story home that had a view of the road. She saw the police coming for her, and rather than go to jail, she took a lethal dose of her own poison. Authorities found her dead, surrounded by the materials that she'd used to make the poison. 26 of the arrested women were put on trial. Of that, 12 were sentenced to life in prison, although two actually served fully. And there are some different statistics bouncing around as to the amount of women arrested, who was put in jail, and who was put on trial. But consistently, I found that 12 of the total 26 were sentenced to life in prison, and only two actually served that full sentence. On the BBC, there was an interview with a woman named Maria Gunya, who was a little girl when the widows were put on trial. In 2004, the 83-year-old woman said in this interview that the men's behavior to their wives, quote, improved markedly after the decade of poisonings. And that is the extremely condensed and brief story of Fezekas and the Angel Makers of Nagirov. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I would love to know what you guys think. Feel free to reach out to me at Frumius Reads on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, basically any social media. That's F-R-U-M-I-O-U-S-R-E-A-D-S. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, I would love to hear them. Make sure you follow the podcast to stay updated as to when we have new episodes. But that's all I have for you today. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Stay spooky, friends. Goodbye.